We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Terbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the July 2nd, 2018 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, Rotoviz Radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week, brought to you by the FFPC. I'm Blair Andrews. You can follow me on Twitter at AmITheRealBlair, and my co-host is Hassan Rahim, who you can follow at HRR5010. Hassan, how's it going? It's going along pretty good, Blair. Uh, you know, it's heading into July 4th weekend, not a lot of news coming in from NFL you know, just waiting on training camp, enjoying the summer. How about yourself? Yeah, definitely enjoying the summer. It's starting to get pretty hot here. But um, yeah, like you said, not a lot of news coming in, but um, we can really dive deep into some of these, uh, some of the news that is coming in. So it's all good. Uh, joining us today on the show is Jeff Matson. Jeff is a contributor here at Rotoviz. He is a podcast producer and host for Rotoviz Radio. You can follow him at Jeff Matson RV. Jeff, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing great. Awesome. Uh, so tell us about some of the work you're going to be doing on the podcast. That sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, the season's starting up pretty soon. Uh, as the camps come back, we'll be starting our team preview series, which is something we did last year. Uh, interviewed beat reporters from all the different teams. Uh, and it's a really good uh, place for the casual player who maybe hasn't been paying attention all off season. It's good to meet the beats and uh, just kind of get caught up on 
uh, who's moved around and what's happened in all the different teams. And then uh, this year, uh, Colm Kelly and Sean uh, Siegel are starting a new pod. And so I'll be taking over Colm's role on the Fantasy Beat Report. Uh, so that's kind of the same thing. Each week, each Friday, I'll be interviewing a beat reporter uh, for a fantasy-relevant team and uh, giving you a little bit of behind-the-scenes look at what's going on with the team, which should give you a fantasy edge for your in-season management. Awesome. That sounds really exciting. A lot of cool stuff coming up on the podcast channel with Jeff, so definitely be sure to check all that out. Um, yeah, let's get right into the news. First item is Coach Andy Reid said he's been moving Sammy Watkins all over the place on offense. Reed mentioned that the team is planning on deploying him everywhere this upcoming season. So, Jeff, what kind of impact do you expect Watkins to have on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey this upcoming season? And do you think Mahomes is capable of supporting uh, multiple top receivers in addition to Kelsey? I am. You know, it's been a long time since Andy Reid has had a tool like Sammy Watkins. Of course, with Watkins, it always comes down to his health. You know, if he ends up getting injured again, well, then, you know, all bets are off. Um, but if he can stay healthy, he's shown flash in the pan that he can be a, a game-changer playmaker. And uh, Andy Reid has, uh, you know, it's been a while, since maybe back in the Eagles, since he's had that at his disposal. Uh, he always seems to kind of do the best he can with what he's got. And uh, he's been able to use Kelsey. Kelsey's been the, the target because there hasn't been other options. I think if they're able to find a way to, 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 to funnel targets to Watkins, uh, then uh, then Kelsey might come down to earth a little bit. Um, you know, he's still going to be a good talent, but uh, with a new quarterback, you know, the, the target market shares could all shuffle around quite a bit. So I'm not as high on Kelsey as, uh, as, uh, as I was, you know, previously. And just out of curiosity, how do you think uh, Hill's role will play out this season? Hill is still the speedster, but he needs to be in that role. He needs to be in the stretching the field role. And I think they maybe gave him a little too much volume last year that, that, uh, you know, there's a couple times he's had some breakouts, uh, but I don't see Hill as being a, a number one target guy. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, uh, as far as a slot receiver, um, he's kind of going to be better off as that as that Y, taking the top off the back, using his speed to his advantage, don't you think? Yeah, that's definitely sort of the role that it seems like he's suited for. It's also kind of the role that Watkins has historically played i guess especially in los angeles last year um so you know it seems like kansas city is maybe looking for someone to replace what they got from macklin a couple years ago someone who can actually get uh you know be sort of the target hog i've had hope that watkins would be able to become that guy throughout his nfl career but he hasn't uh he doesn't really seem to be able to do that i don't know it's a uh, it's hard to tell since he's so rarely healthy but uh yeah it's a tough call part of me thinks that these two guys might kind of uh cannibalize each other yeah i'm not sure yeah and the one thing that i want to note about hill is we spent a lot of uh, last off season uh worrying about whether or not hill was going to be able to repeat what he did the previous year and with with, with good reason i mean th- there was uh you know with we thought Jeremy Macklin was going to be in the way, but Macklin was caught, which just led to that massive increase for Hill. And it, I say massive because uh, the Chiefs were a fairly run-heavy team. And although Hill saw a slight increase in his targets, it's not like a, a massive chunk. I mean, his target share jumped, but it's not like his raw targets truly improved. Like, like last season, he was 22nd in raw targets. He saw fewer targets than 
Hilton, Baldwin, Jeffrey, Brandon Cooks, but he still finishes a wide receiver one. And that speaks a lot to his outsized efficiency, which he's going to have to maintain going forward. I just think that from a managed uh, redraft league standpoint, it's going to be a bit of a headache parsing between the three guys. And uh, the one who I might just consider taking is uh, Mahomes and logging out. What do you guys think? That might be the best bet. I'm, imagine I'm Andy Reid and I've got Patrick Mahomes. He's a rookie, but he's had a chance to learn the system. He's been, you know, he's not a first year rookie. You've got these two great receivers in Hill and, and Watkins, if they're healthy. And imagine you've got Kelsey and uh, Hunt or, or Ware as a dump off. So as a, as a, as a young quarterback, you want to give them that, that, um, you know, that relief though, that he can, that he can dump off to the running back or the wide receiver, or I mean, to the tight end. Uh, but, uh, Mahomes is this rocket arm kind of guy and, I think I think being a young guy with a with a strong arm, he's been compared to Favre. I think he might make some dumb plays, and uh, that might pay off. I mean, uh, uh, when Tyrod was young and, and threw a bunch of dumb passes to Sammy Watkins, uh, it worked out pretty well. So, but I agree with you that, that where the ball is going to go week to week could change around because um, Mahomes is young and, and and he might miss the open guy or may not may may not play the plans as designed, uh, and that could lead to variance. So I, I get that, that could be a headache. ESPN's John Kime notes that Alex Smith has already developed trust in Jamison Crowder. As we know, last season, Crowder played through hamstring issues and dampened his fantasy production. Um, Jeff, you know, looking at the Excel stat tool, Crowder saw the same number of raw targets, but all of his other metrics were down across the board. Uh, Jeff, do you think Crowder bounces back this year? And what are your expectations for the Washington offense under Alex Smith? I don't know. This one's a tough question. Um, You know, efficiency has tendency to kind of regress to the mean so here's a guy who was getting good volume but low efficiency uh with a new quarterback it's hard to tell um, i don't know i think alex smith is about as good as cousins i mean i don't know that that alex smith he's been he's got a high completion percentage so i don't know if that might help i don't know what do you guys think that's a tough question i mean crowder's definitely gonna get his volume i think um the the one kind of um complicating factor i guess is well actually i kind of hope it happens is that richardson can come in and sort of play the tyreek hill role that uh that uh, alex smith has used pretty well the last couple seasons you know so is there a chance richardson or i guess even Doxon, if you if you prefer him is there a chance they eat into crowder's target share and kind of any increase in efficiency that he actually sees just by regression just by natural regression is kind of uh negated that's possible i guess i think i'm not drafting a lot of crowder uh he's probably a fair value around his adp but i guess there's just other guys i like more where he's available yeah and i'm kind of with you on that one if only because uh i i think that richardson sort of sets up well uh for that fifth year breakout uh, that you and research that you and Sean have done has shown. I mean, when you're looking at the Fantasy Stat Explorer uh, tool that Dave Gabin has recently published under the FF Draft Prep tab, there's a pretty good look at his uh, game log from last season. And you can see, you know, kind of where he was hampered and then where he took off was around week eight against Dallas, where he was wide receiver five for the week. And he had, uh, you know, a handful of games where he was a uh, wide receiver two or better. He had five of those and he had seven where he was a wide receiver, three or better. So you've got a fairly solid floor with Crowder, but the upside is kind of questionable. Whereas uh, a guy who's going much later with, uh, you know, similar upside or 
possibly even higher upside is is Richardson and uh, maybe just because of the disparity would be worth looking at in terms of best ball in terms of managed or classic head-to-head uh, I guess Crowder for me is mainly a PPR only option uh, which is primarily what I play but what do you guys think of that one yeah I would agree with that I wouldn't be touching Crowder in a standard league um Alex Smith is someone who targets tight ends anyway so we would probably expect if Jordan Reed can be healthy he's going to be uh, getting a lot of looks, especially in the red zone. So I think most of the, you know, most of the touchdowns are going to be scored by someone other than Crowder. All right, before getting into no shit shit, no, I want to take a moment to remind you that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content and it supports the pod. Also, you can support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes. Do that, and you will be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a league at the FFPC. Go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then listen to a future episode to hear if you're the winner. Also, if you're interested in being in an FFPC league with some of the Road of His writers and podcasters, email us at roadofhisradio at gmail.com, and we'll get that set up. And as a reminder, we also have still a $35 entry to an FFPC best ball league to give away. Uh, Last week on the show, we asked a trivia question. Uh, There's still time to enter. Uh, We didn't give a deadline last season, but let's say, um, I don't know, midnight on Thursday. How about? Uh, So the question again, there have been three tight ends to beat ADP-based expectations each of the last five years. So since 2013, uh, if you can name them, then you can win a $35 entry to a Best Ball League with the FFPC. Uh, you can tweet your answer to me at Am I the Real Blair or to Hassan at HR5010 or at Rotoviz Radio or email us at rotovizradio at gmail.com and uh, we'll pick a winner next week. Now let's get into no shit, shit no. First item up Malcolm Mitchell is unsure if he'll be ready for training camp. I gotta say, shit no. Uh, the Patriots have this habit of taking old guys uh, and turning them around, uh, but these hoes ain't loyal. So check will describe the next man up. Edelman's still fighting his suspension, and being a Patriot, he might be successful. Uh, you got Jordan Matthews, which uh, I'm a homer. I love Jordan Matthews. Uh, you got Kenny Britt. Um, I just I just don't know about Malcolm Mitchell this year. I like that kind of Kenny Britt call. I think that uh, it's a fairly shallowish wide receiver chart and uh, there's a real possibility he emerges broncos coach vance joseph said royce freeman absolutely can win the lead job i'm gonna go no shit i mean i think this is an offense with a new life they got a new quarterback um, they're gonna step it up a lot this year and he doesn't have a lot of competition i mean i don't know that i'm sold on booker as being the starter um if anyone if any rookie has a chance to to take over the lead i think royce freeman's up there Le'Veon Bell said he and the Steelers are, quote, a lot closer than we were last year at this time in contract negotiations. I mean, no shit. They've had a year to work on it. Uh, you know, they've known it's coming. Uh, they use the franchise tag. I don't know what else they can do. Um, I know that Le'Veon Bell hasn't been the easiest to work with. I know that he's been in the media and uh, things like that. Uh, but the guy's a star. Uh, the Steelers are a win-now team. they got to find a way to lock Bell down. I just don't see them you know, giving up on, on getting their seventh ring. That's a really good take because uh, uh, I know a lot of the analytic stuff and that doesn't mean, that's not me trying to deride the movement, but it says do not de- pay a running back, that the running back uh, is replacement level. But, uh, you know, like 
a guy like Bell, and you mentioned win now team, uh, who knows how many years Roethlisberger has left. This could be his last season, you know, and unless you, and unless you think that Mason Rudolph is going to take this team and march with them to the uh, Super Bowl next year, I, I agree with you. They should uh, try and get that together. Good call. The Chargers' receivers coach, Phil McGowan, was recently quoted as saying this is a big year for Mike. Yeah, no shit. Uh, you know, Mike was kind of robbed of a year because of his injury. Uh, but this is a shit to get off the pot year for Mike Williams. Uh, is he the wide receiver that they drafted or not? Uh, I don't think there's any wide receiver quite as likely to break out as Williams. Um, you know, his ADP is still low enough that I don't think a breakout is really baked in there. I think he could still return value on his ADP. Uh, but if he can't, if he can't put together a very respectable season this year, then it's going to really hurt him come contract year. In an interview with WTHR, Andrew Luck stated he will be working out with the Colts wide receivers in the coming weeks. Shit, no. Look it. Look, guys. Move on. Andrew Luck hasn't found a football in two years. Imagine if RG3 got injured two years ago and we were all sitting around waiting for him to put together his rookie year again. I, I gotta see, I gotta see Andrew Luck throwing football before I'm drafting him for my fantasy team. I, honestly, I, I, I don't get why in, in a year where there's so many great quarterbacks, everyone's still really into luck. Uh, I'm over it. Uh, his ADP is way too high for me. Um, I'd even consider Brissett in a deep superflex league. I think that uh, Brissett's value is really low, and there's a there's a good chance Brissett could just be the starter all year. So uh, I, I'm 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 over Andrew Luck. What do you guys think? Well, he was seen recently throwing a high school football to Reggie Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like saying that it's like saying he took his first step. He's going to play NFL football in in ten weeks. He was, uh, yeah. He he did actually um, say that. There was a mental block. I mean, I kind of agree with, uh, you know, with what you're saying, Jeff. I actually have taken Brissett in a couple super flex leagues, like with my last pick, uh, just kind of a dart throw just in case. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird news that he's throwing a high school football. I, I mean, I think Luck will start, but Dr. J's article from about Luck you know, where he pinpointed the mental issues for Luck as a possible issue that Luck has recently confirmed, it, it kind of worries me. I just don't know if Luck is going to be the same again. And it, like you said, Jeff, I just think it's fairly easy to pass him over given his ADP just because there's strong options around him, below him. And uh, especially if it's a one-quarterback league, there's plenty of available uh, options. I just don't think that, you know, drafting Luck uh, would be the case, even if he is the same guy. I just don't know if the offense is there for him to put together a QB1 season. Last year uh, on the team preview series, I interviewed the beat reporter for the Colts, and and he said, you know, I said, my my advice was wait to see him start a preseason game or throw a football before you draft him. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I mean, I, it just kind of worked out that he didn't play last year. Um, I, everyone was thinking that he could have started, you know, week one or week two. Um, I, I, I gotta I, prove it. I, if, if you're not drafting until Labor Day and he starts a preseason game, then, then maybe that'll change. But, uh, uh for right now, I'm, I'm staying away from Andrew Luck. Yes, ESPN's John Kime writes, it would be surprising if second rounder Darius Geist does not open the season as the starter. I gotta go shit no. I know that I said Bryce Freeman. I love uh, uh, I'm taking him in Dynasty, uh, but fantasy and people and football people don't always agree on this kind of stuff. Uh, as fantasy guys, we see a talented back uh, with infinite potential. 
but in the locker room, you know, he's just a guy. He's a rookie, and he's going to have to earn his job. And uh, I see this year in and year out where uh, someone gets drafted and we get really excited about it. And, and guys might be the starter by the end of the year, but they're going to make him earn it. I don't see him putting up any decent numbers in the first four weeks. Is he a fade for you at ADP then? Well, that's the problem. I love taking I, I love taking rookies, but a lot of the rookies this year, the ADPs are too high. I I, I don't know, man. I I think I think guys that is at his ADP. I mean, unless you, I mean, where where are you at when you're when you're drafting guys? I mean, either you already have your running back starters if you're if you're taking running backs early and you're taking them as kind of a flyer, uh, but then you you need wide receivers at that point, uh, or you've got your wide receivers in the early rounds and you need a running back. And if you're looking to draft, you know, your RB two. You need a guy that is going to be starting week one. So uh, for me, I, I'm missing out on him a lot this year. Yeah, it's hard to get him when you know you consider you can wait around and get somebody who has a much more, a much higher chance of actually opening the season as the starter and getting significant carries like Freeman or Ronald Jones. Yeah, or Alex Jones or you know, Devin Coleman. I mean, I think there's a lot of guys that 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 I'd like. I like to take guys that that have upside. Uh, but that early in the draft, I gotta have a floor. I, I, it's too early for me to start taking guys uh, with as low of a floor as guys. ABC Buffalo believes Josh Allen could still win the Bills' starting job this summer. Okay, so I'm gonna say no shit, and this is the opposite of what I just said. Uh, Josh Allen and the Bills uh, is in a situation where they drafted him to be the starter. They got rid of Tyrod. Uh, this is his opportunity to win it. I don't see the point of starting, you know, why Why would you start Nathan Peterman, right? I mean, uh, I think Josh Allen has as good a chance to start. I would start him and then just have low expectations for the season uh, and just give him a chance to develop, you know, trial by fire. All right. You, I know you mentioned Nathan Peterman, but given A.J. McCarron's sweet chest tattoo, do you think he wins the <laughs> job? Chest tattoos aside, I don't see the point. I mean, I don't know. I guess if Josh Allen really struggles, if, if, I think they're going to give him a chance in the early preseason games, see what he's got. And if he, you know, puts out a Nathan Peterman first game, then yeah. But uh, what's the point of going with a bridge guy if you've got the future there and, and you want to get him going? I think Josh Allen could win the starting job at tight end after Charles Clay leaves. <laughs> in an interview with NFL Total Access, Cardinals rookie wide receiver Christian Kirk suggested that Sam Bradford will be the week one starter. Yeah, no shit. The same thing here. I think the Cardinals are a contender, and Sam Bradford is a solid starter. I think he'll be strong enough to start the job. My my, my bold prediction this year is that if, if Bradford can stay healthy, and that's been a problem for him, I know he has some, some injuries that uh, you know can recur. Uh, but if he can stay healthy, I think he could be the starter all year. I think he could put together a, um, the kind of year that uh, that, uh, that we've seen. Um, I think he's he's perfectly good enough with this team to win football games, and they're not going to want to take the chance on a rookie unless they have to. Brady Henderson of ESPN suggests that Brandon Marshall is on the roster bubble. Yeah, no shit. Brandon Marshall retired two years ago, but no one told the NFL. Yeah, he's got uh, $90,000 uh, guaranteed. I just... It's kind of crazy and slightly sad that uh, Marshall might not make the roster. And given how shallow the Seattle's wide receiver depth chart is, man, that's kind of sad. But there's still guys, there's still free agents out there. Go out and get Dez. Go out and get uh, uh, Decker. I mean, there's. I think there's. I think they can do better than Brandon Marshall. I I, I love Brandon Marshall. I'm a big fan. He put together a good career. Uh, but it's time for him to hang up his cleats. 
Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News notes that Jermaine Kyrus is ready to compete for a roster spot when camp opens. Shit, no. Or who gives a shit? <laughs> I mean, good luck, but I don't think I don't think that's fantasy relevant. So, for you, the Jets wide receiver core is uh, Robbie Anderson and Quincy Ananwa, or, or and no one else, or is there anyone you're considering here? I mean, it worked for them last year. I don't see why they. I mean, you know, again, if they can go out and get a, a, a solid veteran. Uh, you know, if, if they can grab a dead, someone like that, that can, uh, can give them, you know, some help. But I don't think Curse is that guy. Pete Schrager of the NFL Network has designated Pat Mahomes as his top breakout candidate for 2018. Yeah, no shit. I think Patrick Mahomes, uh, he had an opportunity to, you know, learn the playbook and to develop, you know, under a, under a veteran. And I think he's got the, the talent. He's got the arm. He's got the team. He's got the tools. He's got the coach. I'm going to be really disappointed if Patrick Mahomes doesn't put together a really respectable year this year. Yeah, his collegiate production was also just outright immaculate. You know, he's been crushing since a young age at Texas Tech. And I understand that there's issues with air raid quarterbacks in the NFL. But, man, when you look at his God, just the kind of stats that he put up and then the step back that the offense took after he graduated, it's, it's hard to not believe in him. In a recent interview on SiriusXM, Funches mentioned that he's looking to build on last on uh, last season in his contract year. Yeah, well, no shit. I mean, get that paper, son. You know, it's a contract year. You gotta you gotta put up. Uh, I think that uh, Funches is you know in a situation where he could put up. I mean, there's not a lot of competition there, and he really has to if he wants to get that big contract. Do you not think uh, DJ Moore might cut into some of that work, or how do you see that? I love DJ up DJ Moore. I think he's a great sleeper, but the reason why I like DJ Moore so much is because I have such little faith in Funches. And if uh, if Funches wants to, to win that spot out and fight DJ Moore back, he's got to put up. And I'm really excited about North Turner in Carolina. I, I think Carolina has had the tools for a long time, and they haven't been able to capitalize off of it. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what North can put together in Carolina. Blake Bortles says he feels more comfortable in the Jaguars' offense after adjusting to a new coaching staff in 2017. Yeah, no shit. I mean, Bortles, wow, I mean, why fix what ain't broke? I mean, they, they, the Jaguars put together a good year last year. Um, I'd like to see them be able to complicate their offense a little better. I think that uh, towards the end of the year, people could cut. But, jeez, man, look at, the, look at the game they put up against the Steelers in the playoffs. I mean, here's a team that, that put up, what was it, like 40? Jaguars are going to be a really solid team again this year. Uh, they haven't really lost anybody, and uh, Blake Bortles doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers to win football games. Out of curiosity, what are your thoughts on Bortles for Dynasty? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see the Jaguars extending his contract. I think that when it comes up, they're going to try to find someone else. Don't you think? I mean, they did extend him. Uh, be, when was it? It was earlier this off season. Although. That might have been just to kind of lower his cap hit for 2018. It's not really clear what what the motivation for that was, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think he's still on a roster in say five years or something. But uh, for right now, he you know he always ends up with these sneaky fantasy seasons that he puts up you know decent numbers. I think uh, a really sneaky super flex pickup if you're so inclined and play in such a deep league, uh, might be Bortles' backup, uh, Cody Kessler, in case Bortles struggles. 
and they decided that enough's enough. But yeah, I think I think Bortles should be solid this season, and I like his rushing floor. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I, I love Kessler, and and that's a situation where you know Bortles is going to do something dumb, and they're going to look on the sidelines. They're going to say, "Look, if we're if we're asking a guy to only throw, you know, twenty times a game. They could put pretty much anybody there." So uh, I don't see why Kessler couldn't do what Bortles does. AJ Green said he's comfortable with his current contract and is not angling for a new deal. <laughs> no shit. You know, AJ Green didn't have a very good year last year. If I was underperforming, I'd be pretty happy with the contract I got. If uh, AJ Green put up monster numbers like Le'Veon Bell, I'd be unhappy with my contract. So uh, I'd say no shit. So here's something interesting about Green. Uh, his contract expires after 2019. So... Let's just play a couple of uh, quick scenarios here. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So if the Bengals are, you know, doing fairly poorly and they decide that now is the time to blow it up, do you think uh, Green might be a good trade candidate? If they can sell him for his name, if they're going to do that, I think they should do that now. I think that uh, if they hold on to him, they're expecting him to do well. If he has a good year, then yeah, I think they would trade him. But uh, if, if, they, if he has another struggling year, then I don't think they're going to get much for him. What do you think, Blair? I think, uh, you know, I, I look at this kind of from a dynasty perspective, I guess. Uh, in all of my leagues in which I own green, I'm trying to get rid of him before his value collapses. So it maybe makes sense for Cincinnati to try and do the same thing. You know, I, after the Cowboys parted ways with Ben, just dropped him. I, I, anything is possible. I mean, uh, it's hard for me to imagine the Bengals without AJ Green, but... Uh, uh, as a dynasty owner, I, I agree with you. I think that's the right play. Tim McManus of ESPN projects Wendell Smallwood to be on the roster bubble. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that one's tough. What do you guys think? Uh, to me, this is a no shit. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, it kind of comes down to who you're rooting for, I think, for that last spot on the roster. Uh, I recently wrote a piece called, uh, you know, JHI Workhorse Back, where I took one of the comments from the coaches and I tried to figure out the usage pre and post Ajayi. And the most interesting thing that stood out to me was Wendell Small were just falling off the face of the map after the, uh, their bye week and the rise of Corey Clement. I think there's enough rushing work here that Corey Clement and Ajayi are going to be uh, fantasy viable. But as far as roster goes, you've got Matt Jones, Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles returning, and um, Donnell Pumphrey all battling it out for, uh, you know, to make the 53-man. Uh, and Certain sites are reporting Smallwood, and a couple of others are thinking it's Pumphrey. Uh, does that make a difference for you, Jeff, here? Well, I, I'm from San Diego, and I'm a big Pumphrey fan, and he kind of got robbed. He didn't really get a chance last year. So uh, I'm hoping that they keep Pumphrey and drop Smallwood, uh, but I'm biased. I actually think that's going to happen just because, like I mentioned, Smallwood lost his job to Clement. That was, I think that that's, uh, I think Smallwood's the guy who's uh, on the roster bubble here, and Matt Jones is the X Factor, but I think he's the kind of player that you kind of want uh, as a bench option. What do you think, Blair? Yeah, I mean, the team already pretty much knows what they have or really what they don't <laughs> what they don't have, what they lack with Smallwood. Uh, but Pumphrey, you know, he was productive in college. Um, there's some upside there just because of the unknown. So I, maybe just because of, this, of his size, they're thinking they can turn him into a, you know, a new version of Sproles. Yeah, we'll see. I think Pumphrey probably makes the team, and Smallwood does not. But then do you keep, the, the only problem there is the is the positional depth. So now you're keeping five running backs and uh, and are a little thin at receiver. That's the only thought. 
That's a good point. I don't know. Sproles are probably going to be a receiver, right? Like I think about Mike Wallace as well. But yeah, it's a strong point. Ooh. NFL suspended uh, Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston three games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. We know that uh, last week we talked a little bit about uh, Winston from a redraft and best ball perspective. And we weren't sure if it was going to be one or three games. But now we've got confirmation. The interesting part here, Jeff, is actually the NFL released a follow-up statement where they said that Winston could be facing a ban if he runs a foul of the NFL policies again. So out of this, what are your thoughts on him as a dynasty asset? He's a real wild card. This is a make-or-break year for Jameis Winston. Uh, I, he has potential. and It's his contract year. I'd, I'd love to see him you know, do something of it. Uh, this incident is really unfortunate. It's despicable. Uh, the incident was two years ago, so, you know, he's made it two years and there hasn't been, you know, other news, uh, which gives me hope that uh, it's something that hopefully, um, you know, is behind him. Uh, it's a shame that it's coming up now in his contract year. Uh, you know, I would have almost rather have him be suspended two years ago, you know, and hopefully have moved on. But uh, uh, it's, it's, geez, almost 50-50. I mean, I could, I could see him. You know, if he can come back and he can win football games and he can be the quarterback that uh, he's shown promise of being, then I think that the the, the, the team can forgive him. Uh, but uh, if uh, if he comes back and continues to struggle, um, then I think it's time to move on to Tampa. And there's already a lot of columnists in the Tampa area pushing for that. Let me tell you about our friends over at the Fantasy Football Player Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. The fantasy draft season is heating up, and the FFPC has a format to suit interest and budget. Whether you like best ball, super flex, or classic managed leagues, there are drafts daily with entry fees starting at just $35. Jump into a slow or a live drafted day. And if you like Dynasty, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single Dynasty league has folded in eight years. New Dynasty Leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis. Don't miss the FFPC experience. Take some of the stuff that we've talked about, whether it's redraft, whether it's Dynasty, whether it's best ball. Go to myffpc.com and register now. All right, moving on to news item number three. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Michael Cohen spotted Randall Cobb wearing a walking boot on his right foot. Cobb participated in OTAs, so this is a new injury. Uh, He said the boot was temporary but would not disclose if he underwent surgery. Cohen reports that Cobb's week one availability is not in question. So, Jeff, do you think Randall Cobb can bounce back this season? And, uh, I, well, how do you see the wide receiver core shaking out in 2018? Yeah, this, this, is, uh, this is a difficult situation. Uh, I was high on Cobb uh, heading into the season um, with, with Jordy Nelson uh, leaving the team. Um, but um, if, if he, I, I couldn't imagine that he would have surgery and not tell anybody. So I would imagine that he didn't have the surgery uh, but that scares me even more because now if he's got this lingering injury that he's trying to hide, um, that could be a real problem. Um, I'm really scared. Uh, I, I know Devontae Adams is, uh, is uh, you know, I'm, I'm high on Devontae Adams, uh, but he can't do it alone. I, I think the defense, uh, the offense is going to need uh, more targets. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm really worried about Green Bay. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, so I think there's, you know, a few things to consider here. It's, kind of going to be really weird adjusting your life without Jordy there, but um, I know Geronimo Allison steps in as a wide receiver three, but all the offseason, Mike McCarthy and Green Bay Packers have been sort of cheering on Ty Montgomery, 
and talking about him being a mismatch and, you know, talking about deploying him as a hybrid. And it's possible that he kind of ends up playing this like slottish role or, you know, ends up running similarly to Cobb or takes over if Cobb needs to miss time or, again, can also force a way into a wide receiver sets if John or Allison doesn't work out. So I think Ty Montgomery is the cheapest Green Bay backer right now, if you don't include Allison or Jamon Moore. And then from the rookies, I think if you're looking at that uh, from a stash perspective in Dynasty, I wrote a lot about why you want Jamon Moore here. And the website hasn't been, uh, I mean, the Green Bay backers have been pretty effusive in their praise about him. Uh, I don't even know if that's the right word, so you can cut that out. They've been very uh, forthcoming with praising Jamon Moore, his work ethic, and kind of talking to him um, about what they're excited about. And I think he would be the guy to target. You know, it's been kind of a while since we saw Randall Cobb actually really have a good season. I mean, there's a lot of hope just because there should be some opportunity for him with Jordy out. But, uh, you know, I think the fact that the Packers drafted three receivers in April and uh, early May, you know, even though they didn't spend really high round picks on them, the fact that they, you know, that they took three of them, that is probably a signal that they're not exactly comfortable with uh, the wide receiver group as it is and I think probably the you know their way they're kind of talking up Ty Montgomery as you mentioned Hassan that kind of goes to that so um, yeah this is an, I guess another reason to be concerned about Cobb's 2018 I was already a little bit worried uh, a little bit you know not quite convinced that he was gonna just step in and uh, really see his role expand yeah, so I'm not really drafting much. I think Devontae Adams is probably a, a really good buy and has a really good chance to finish probably as the wide receiver one overall with Rodgers. But um, after him, it's kind of a, a really unclear situation. Yeah, I think those are good takes. I think you're going to want to take one of those rookies. And uh, I, 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 I did read that piece on more, and I think maybe he might be the guy. Scott Bear of NBC reports that although Ryan Spitzer will mostly play on special teams, there's a chance that he could contribute in John Gruden's offense. Jeff, uh, given that Gruden has been away from the NFL for such a long time, what do you expect his offense to look like? And how do you see the target distribution shaking out among the receivers? <laughs> John Gruden. The Raiders are uh, are going to be an interesting team this year. Uh, they put together, it's like they're getting the, the band back together. <laughs> um I, I don't see anybody as like a plug and play. I think all bets are off. I don't think that uh, the the Raiders in 2018 are going to be anything like the Raiders in 2017. Um, I'd like to see them get Amari Cooper uh, more involved in the offense. Um, I I know that Gruden is going to do a better job in the routes and getting the receivers more interesting, uh, you know, more separation, uh, better looks. I think that Carr is going to take a big step forward. So uh, I think that Gruden. I think the offense, I, I, I expect the offense will take a big step forward, uh, but how it all plays out is going to be difficult. Uh, you've got uh, Marshawn Lynch there and, and Doug Martin, uh, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I mean, the the news here about Switzer is a little bit interesting and just kind of, you know, a signal that they don't really know what they're doing. I mean, Jordy's coming in new. He doesn't, he's not a sure thing. Uh, this whole situation with Mark Davis is up in the air, kind of. So, um, you know, I think uh, just the fact that there's a report that Switzer might contribute kind of tells you a lot about sort of the state of that receiver core. 
Uh, I think that this is probably, you know, as good a chance as Amari Cooper has had to really, uh, you know, I mean, he's had 2,000-yard seasons already in his career, but he could really kind of have a secondary breakout this year if he can, you know, see upwards of like 150 targets, uh, which I think is a real possibility, probably even more. Yeah, I think Switzer, the only he's, the only thing he's a candidate for is a stash in supremely deep dynasty squads. I think if you're targeting this offense, it's going to be through Amari uh, on the receiving core. You can probably make a case for Jordy or Jared Cook. And I think I think Jordy might be a stealth breakout candidate this year as well, hopefully. Um, just want to see him uh, kick butt one last time. I think he's still got some left in the tank. And... Uh, I'm really hoping that the Mark Davis reports, nothing comes of it. But, you know, if he's suspended, like Jeff mentioned, well, then you might be happy and thankful that you stashed Spitzer. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes. For Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Special thanks to our guest, Jeff Matson. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Report. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event. Like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event. Now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.